Welcome to a brand new episode of Ian's Entitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am always excited to have a returning friend of the show joining me. So let's get this started since we have a lot to talk about. Please welcome back to the show, Joey of Varsity. Joey, how are you doing tonight? Yo, yo, yo. I'm doing uh, good. Tired, but, you know, good. <laughs> I think you're always tired, man. And I get it. Dude, I am forever tired. Like, this is like, it's my life at this point. It's just everything just makes me sleepy and I'm just always tired. And it seems like you're always doing something. I mean, I think we share that in common as well. I overbook myself and I make it so that I'm never bored. I'm assuming that's very similar for you. Yeah, I I always want to take a break, but I never actually do. Like we, I was supposed, to, I'm supposed to be on a break now, but yeah. I, I have not stopped working since, since I came home. So well, whatever. you have to do. You came home from a tour, which we're definitely going to get into. But then you came home for this little bit of time right before Levitate, your brand new album comes <laughs> out, and then you're going back on tour again. <laughs> so <laughs> you have you have given yourself zero time to relax because you also mentioned off air that you're also doing lyric videos yeah for the new album too so yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. You, you just never stop yeah dude, it's weird because like we i didn't do any so over the the course of the tour um you know it's so busy with travel and everything that yeah. i don't really do like much press or anything like that i used to but i completely stopped doing that right and so now i'm home from tour and i have to do all of it <laughs> plus i you know i <laughs> I um I, I was doing lyric videos because like the songs that are not getting music videos, I still want them to have videos and I want people to be able to sing along to them and stuff like that. So right. I'm literally just working nonstop. And then yeah, just like you said, uh I have uh I have the non-point tour that I'm doing right after this. So my break is really not a break at all. No, no, absolutely not. And we're gonna talk about that as well. But I, I gotta hit on something right away. So obviously we're recording this before the actual drop of Levitate comes out from Spine Farm. Yep. By the time this comes out, it'll be back last Friday. You know, I'll be promoting it. Hopefully everyone will have heard it. So they're going to understand what we're talking about. Yep. But I got to say, for someone so busy, it's almost like you do it to yourself because <laughs> you made another album with 15 tracks, 15 tracks, yeah. no filler. <laughs> Look, dude, I used it multiple times at the gym. And I do long gym workouts. <laughs> I just, I am blown away that you put out so much content all the time. You got to tell people, like, what drives you to do that? Um, coffee. Like, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't know. You know, it's crazy because I don't try to intentionally write, like, I didn't try to, you know, write a 15-song record. I was just writing a bunch of songs. And um, I was like, all right, some of these songs will make it. Some of these songs won't as, you know, <clears throat> as albums go, because that's sure. usually the way it goes. Yeah. Um, and then before I knew it, all the songs were on the record. And I'm like, OK, I guess I guess they like, you know, my label likes everything. So that is that is the record. I, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so did you legitimately send off all 15 tracks to Spine Farm and say, here, this is what we've got. What are you thinking? Or did you put it together and say, hey, these are the 15 that I like that I would put on an album. But what are you thinking? Like, how does that work? Okay. So I actually send them 16 songs. Um, I send them 16 songs uh, and I always send them in order because I'm like, yo, if I, I'm like, these are the 16 songs that I like the most. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys like? Because, you know, I, I, I like being fair yeah, yeah. and being, you know, they're a label. They've done this forever. I'm like, you know, what do you, you know, what do you think would fit the record best, whatever. But I put it in the way 
I would want it to be heard on the record. Like I make sure that before I send it, it's an order. Like the songs are like where I want them to be and everything else like right, that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I send an email and the label was like, yo, we like all of these. Um, Damn. And then uh, there was one extra one, which didn't make the record, but is being used now as a bonus song. So ah, I'm just like, okay. Uh, that's, that's actually the one I was just making a lyric video for right this second. Cause we're, I think we're going to use it to promote the vinyls and stuff nice. like that. Like, okay. oh, you know, here's a bonus song for you kind of thing, whatever, but absolutely, you know, me, I'll be getting the vinyl. So that, that makes me happy <laughs> for sure. So the extra question then is, so when you look at welcome home though, you put out 14 tracks on welcome home and then yeah. you did a part two, which had the Latin version of a few songs. And then you put out part three, which had three <laughs> new tracks on top of that. So was that the same type of deal where those were almost like bonus tracks, like you had sent all those in or were those worked on after the album came out? Welcome Home was done intentionally, um, 14 songs. We were just like, yo, let's just do let's just do it this way. Like We, we like this. Yeah. Um, and then the Spanish songs were literally by accident. Like I, I started singing over the instrumentals in Spanish and I recorded it. Nice. I sent it to the, you know, I sent it to the team and the team was like, dude, this is sick. We should put this out. So I was like, sure. Yep. And then they were like, hey, we should do a part three. So I was like, okay, I'll write three extra songs. And ah. I did um, none of that. Yeah, it was all that. That process was done all separately, whereas this one is pretty much all done in one. Okay. All right. And do you see yourself maybe doing the same thing where you're making, I'm not saying maybe just the Latin part, but making extra tracks on top of this to promote, you know, the vinyl or, you know, something else along the road. Obviously, it brings more people to listening because if they see new music, they're probably going to go back and listen, yeah. you know, to levitate in this case, that kind of thing. Right. Um, I think with this record, it's it's a little bit of a different approach. Um, with this one, I want to do more videos for the actual record. So uh, what I told my label, like, um, and these are conversations I guess people don't want to hear, but to extend the life of the record, I was like, hey, it'd be cool if we just did a bunch of music videos and every month or so I dropped a new music video for like another song on the record or something like that to right. kind of extend the life rather than just put out, um, you know, just put out new songs. When you put out new songs, like it's always exciting for us and exciting for the fans. But at the same time, um, people forget about the stuff that's older. They're just yes. like, oh, they're putting right. out new music. So the old stuff is done now. And I don't really want to do that. So I think with this one, it will just be more videos. And I, I'm obviously writing now. I'm actually writing new music now for like a later, for like whatever comes after this. Yeah. But I don't think that'll be like, I don't think that'll be coming out like anytime soon until I feel like I've rang Levitate Dry. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I got to tell you, I'm not surprised. After all yeah. the times we've talked on the show and in person and over text and all that kind of stuff, you're always working on new tracks. And I think the last time when you came on and we were talking Welcome Home, you had said, hey, I've already moved on. I've yeah. already started writing. Like, that seems to be what you do. Dude, it's crazy. When last time we spoke, when we did Welcome Home, <clears throat> and I remember telling you that I was actually, I had actually started writing Levitate. Like, I was like, all right, let me just start writing, like, the next thing. And some of these songs are actually songs that I wrote right after welcome home oh wow okay they kind of just sat for a bit because I, I obviously you can't put them out and i would revisit them every here and then i'd be like okay let me work more on this song or whatever else and now you know levitate comes out on friday and yep. that is that is that 
No, no, I, I get it. And I'm, I'm excited for people to hear it. Obviously, I've heard it multiple times. Like I said, by the time this comes out, hopefully a lot of people have listened to it and have favorite tracks and have gone yeah. through everything. And hopefully I'm asking some questions that they're interested in as well. So yeah. one of the things I got to ask about the album, too, is so you said you got, you know, those 16 tracks. One will be a bonus. Mm-hmm. How many did you actually write, though, and then whittle down? Because I know sometimes you write just for that amount. But I think sometimes you go over as well. So were there ones that you held back that you were like, okay, that doesn't really work for this album? Uh, all right. So I wrote about, I want to say, 30, 30 pieces of music. Now, they weren't they weren't all full songs. Some of them were just like <clears throat> small parts and choruses and hooks and whatever else and just things I wanted to use. Sure. And then uh, I, I finished some of the songs, like the songs that kind of stuck out the most to me. I ended up finishing those. And then anything else that I thought was good, but I didn't, you know, I couldn't, you know, I guess fully realize the song. Um, I uh, I gave to JD, um, who I produced um, yeah. the record with, and we were like, okay, cool, let's let's put these together and like see how this works. Okay, all right. Now working with JD was this the first time doing a produced album? Because I thought you were working with somebody else for Welcome Home, right? Yeah. So uh, it was a little different with Welcome Home. I worked with Andrew Bayless, and yes. we did okay. the entire thing together in the studio. Okay. Um, however, Andrew. Andrew was more hands on on that because, you know, he was obviously he's he was my first experience with like a real producer. Right. 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 Um, and I'm just like so new at writing music that like, you know, he he took more of the reins on that. But I think that inspired me to get better at songwriting. <laughs> so by the time Levitate came out, when I gave started giving songs to JD, JD was like, dude, a lot of this stuff doesn't need to be touched. It's already great. Nice. Let's just okay. work on whatever you think. You know, it's like not a fully realized song or you, if you have parts, we can build on those parts and stuff like that. But um, a lot of the songs were pretty much already done, which is another reason why I think when people hear Levitate, they're going to realize this sounds very different from Welcome Home. Oh, song. yeah. Right. <laughs> it's almost not even the same thing. No, it's it's definitely not. But what I what I've always enjoyed about your band Varsity, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, new people are listening all the time. I would say that even though you have changed what you've done in each release that you have done throughout your career, there is always something there that screams varsity. So even though it sounds different, even though you're using a different structure, you're trying a different style, you've obviously, obviously you've got different lyrics and melodies and everything, but there's something there that always comes back to you as a band. Yeah. And that's something that I love. There's never a time that I hear a varsity song and I think it's somebody else. Yeah. Dude, I it, it's hard because like sometimes I I get stuck in my own head because I I love I'm still such a fan of music like I listen to so many bands yeah that I'll I'll have an instrumental and you know in my head I'll be like oh my god like this sounds like a this song like like this for example I'd be like oh this sounds like a bad something bad omens would put out like how would Noah sing this and I gotta get out of that quickly like, so I'm, I'm ah, not Noah sure I'm Joey I gotta <laughs> do it my way so it's like surprising like to hear that because a lot of the times I'll write songs. And I'll sing them a completely different way just to demo them out. Mm-hmm. But when I'm actually singing them over, I'm like, all right, that was the that's what I needed to demo it. But now I need to, what would I do on the song? Like, how would I sing it? And I think that's why um, freestyling is like the best for me. So like, I've told a couple of people this, but I don't write my lyrics down. Um, I I'll put on the instrumental and I'll just freestyle it. Like I'll start whatever is my the feeling of the song, like whatever feeling I get from it, I'll start yeah. freestyling lyrics and melodies. And I'm like, that works 
best for me because it's what my you know what I naturally want to do. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully that's like, I guess hopefully that's what like <laughs> helps people realize that it's like the varsity sound, <laughs> even though it's like not. It's not put together the right way, I guess, or or not. I don't know. I don't know if there is a right or wrong way to put together. I don't think there is. <laughs> I don't think there's unless, like I said, I think the only bad way to put something together is if you're trying to copy somebody else. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's the one thing I try to stay away from a lot. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And what's funny is, so when you're freestyling, because I I think that's awesome. I think that's it. That is a different way than a lot of people. I know some people that do it that way, but that yeah. is pretty different than a lot of people. But obviously you're doing lyric videos, so you end up writing the lyrics down at some point. Do you yeah. have to listen back to what you had freestyled when you like something and then go, okay, these are the lyrics we're sticking with? Yeah, so this is my problem. I freestyle it and then like I'll, I'll fine-tune the lyrics, but once the song is done, um, I won't listen to it again. And so right. we'll go on tour. Like we, so we put out we put out "Fuck You Forever," right? And yes, um, yeah. we're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna tour and we're gonna play this song. And I had no idea what the lyrics were. I was like, oh. I I know the melodies and I know some of the words. Um, obviously, I know the chorus; it's super easy. But I'm like, I don't remember like a lot of like my own lyrics. And I think that is the one that is the one fault to like freestyling with me that I don't I don't remember any of the things I said. Well, you should just, I mean, being part of a label, there should be somebody there, some intern that just listens for that and then writes down the lyrics for you and gives them to you and then Dude, you're, you're fine. Yeah. It's so funny because like the labels asked me countless times, like, hey, do you want, you want like lyrics, like sheets of this? Like we can have someone go through it or whatever. <laughs> and I always just ignore it. I'm like, nah, I don't need that. And then when it comes time to it, I'm like, oh, I actually did need that. And I should have just said Yes. <laughs> Oh, good. I, I'm glad I'm thinking on the right track then. That is that is good. Yeah. Has there has there been a time? I mean, obviously, you've toured this year. I think over half of the year it'll end up being once you're yeah. yeah, once you're done in December. Has there been a time on any of these tour dates that you did forget some of the lyrics and you had to do something to either just like freestyle your way through it or you know, have an instrumental back up or hold the mic to the crowd? Like, was there yeah. any time that you had to do that? <laughs> yeah, so on on this, these last two tours that we did, both the Dropout Kings tour and the Monuments tour, um, yeah. we played Fuck You Forever and The Plug. And um, I know most of the lyrics, but I didn't know all of them. And okay. I would, Lord, I would practice them. I would practice them so hard before I got on stage, <laughs> but I would forget them. And like, I would be like, all right, I have to either put like this line in the backtrack or I have to hold the mic out to the crowd. And then it got worse because we tried. So I, I was struggling to remember the plug for a bit. So we switched it out with um, uh, Dead, which is another oh. one of our songs. That was even worse. I have We haven't played that song in so long. I'd Dude, imagine. Yeah. We played it once at a show and I literally forgot every single word of the song <laughs> to the point where i was just like oh this is the most embarrassing thing in my life luckily like the crowd knew the song and so yeah. i'm like oh my lord and so we were just like okay so we can't do that let's just go back <laughs> to remembering the plug I and that, happened on this floor. that sounds like me doing karaoke <laughs> i could have like a song that i'd known my whole entire life that i want to do for karaoke and as soon as i hit the stage it just goes blank that's it. I gotta have one of those one of those yeah. uh, uh, lyric things coming up on the monitor the whole time. Otherwise, I'm fucked. Yeah, dude, it's crazy because it's like 
the moment you get on stage, everything you remembered, gone. It's just like, it's almost as if you never knew it in the first place. Yeah, dude, that's great. And you know what, too? Think about this. Think of who you were touring with recently with Monuments, right? You look at Andy, who is in, what, five different bands? Some, you know, something like that. How does he remember all the lyrics and the melodies and where he's supposed to come in? Like, how does he study before he goes out on tour? Like, how? I have no idea how he did. It's crazy. I have zero clue how this man does it. He is a machine. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, he's absolutely. But that's that's what I mean, man. I I appreciate you saying that stuff because that has always been, you know, I I was in failed metalcore bands and I did vocals and stuff. And I always had trouble thinking about, like, was I putting too much into, you know, trying to study and memorize the lyrics? But anytime I got on stage, there would be those yeah. times where you're like, wait, what the fuck? I wrote that two years ago. I don't remember it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. how guitarists do it. I don't know how drummers do it. Maybe there's something in muscle memory that it's just like, you know, yeah. all these parts to songs. It's just, I don't know, man. It, it feels like you're studying for an exam or something. Yeah, I think I do think it's different with like guitar and drums and stuff like that. And only because like I I haven't played any of the parts in Levitate since I wrote it. But if okay. if I picked up a guitar, I still know how to play it. Ah, it's like okay. my fingers know exactly what to do. But when it comes to lyrics, I'm just like, well, I guess this is just what you're gonna get. I'm gonna make noises now. <laughs> I don't remember it. But I, I you know, it's funny because even though I forget lyrics a lot, I used to be like really, really hard on myself about it. Now I'm just like, yo, if I forget them, just have fun. Yeah, I, I'll have make fun. fun of myself on stage. Yeah. Literally, I'll just be like, I forgot the lyrics. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking idiot. Like right. in the middle of the song. <laughs> right. In, well, yeah. Like, dude, I just, as long as you're having fun with it, I don't think any of it matters anyway. Right. And you have your band to back you up. You yeah. have someone screaming as well. You have someone that could grab the mic if he wants to. Yeah. He's, he's not gonna, but no. he could. <laughs> he doesn't have that part down yet. No, he he just won't do it. Like he's there's been times I'm like, yo, Javi, I need some help, and he's like, nah, <laughs> you won't do it. <laughs> Straight up, like, nah. I'm like, okay, thanks, sick, buddy. That is that is great. Well, look, when I saw you, I think it was it was what two three weeks ago, somewhere around there. You did a great job, so I was <laughs> I was happy. To that see that was doing. such a rough show for me. Good lord, that was a what that show? show? Sorry, it I was such a it was such a rough show. Oh, for me. what happened? What did I um, So I had I had gotten sick that week. Oh well, so was Andy. And I had you guys. Yeah, were me all and spreading. Andy got, yeah, <laughs> me and Andy got sick at the exact same time, and I had I started feeling better before him, but even at that show, I was like I wasn't a hundred percent. Gotcha. And I mean, I wasn't even like I wasn't even like fifty percent. I was like, dude, oh, I damn. have no idea how I'm gonna like sing this set today. And the guys were like, dude, just go up there and and like just do what you can. Um, and I sang like the best things I could, but like I yeah. changed a lot of melodies that day. I did hear that. Um, yes. Right. Yeah. I changed like a lot of things. Like a lot of fans were like, oh my God, like, is, do you always sing different like live? Like that was so cool. And I'm like, actually, no, I try to keep it the way you like. <laughs> right. But I can't, I, you know, I was just being honest. I'm like, I can't hit those notes right now. And if I try, I'm going to make myself way worse. I see. That makes sense. But I got to say, man, that's the kind of shit that I like. When I'm at a show, not you being sick, but like <laughs> doing, doing something. I love different. you being sick. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. You're the best when you're sick. No, I, I love that, that whole being able to do something that's different than the album. Like, I'm not saying like all of a sudden you just do a song acoustic or something like that, but yeah, yeah. being able to change things around and show that you're really singing 
that to me means a lot because we know backing tracks happen. We know there's a reason for them Mm -hmm. at certain times, but a lot of bands have really been leaning on backing tracks way more. So to hear you actually sing is a big deal to me. It's just like, I mean, look, you were on a tour with one of the best vocalists in this scene right now. Like I look at Andy anytime I see him live and I've had him on the show. We've talked about vocals and everything and we shot the shit. He just, he epitomizes everything that every vocalist has to shoot for because I can't believe he's pulling off what he does in front of a live audience. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like like we, so my, my sound guy, like he likes to tell me, (laughs) he's always like, yeah, you're playing vocalist on hard mode. Cause he's like, I can help you if you just give me like extra vocal stems or whatever for like tracks. Oh, sure. And I'm just like, nah. And then. I, I just, I feel like I'm like, if I struggle on stage, I'd rather struggle and find a new way to sing it. Cause then maybe yes. someone will appreciate that. They're like, oh my God, like, this guy's like actually singing. And right. a lot of times people have told me they're like, Hey, your melodies are like very different. I'm like, yeah. Cause I'm like not leaning on like my tracks as much. Like I'll have, obviously we'll have, cause we do have tracks cause people yeah. have asked us before. I have no shame in saying it. Right. We'll have like, you know, my guys aren't singers. So I'll have like harmonies in there, like some effects and stuff like that. And just like other things that I can't sing live, right. I'll throw yeah, in yeah. the tracks. But for the most part, I'm like, yo, I want to give people some type of experience when they come to our show. Yes. I want them to like at least leave knowing that, yo, that guy like actually like sang his shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love hearing you say that because it is getting so rare nowadays. Like there are some yeah. shows that I don't go to because I know that they rely too heavily on the backing tracks. Yeah. If I already bought the vinyl or I listened to you on a regular basis, why would I go see you live now? There's there's nothing different than what I saw yeah. because you're just going to stand on stage and you'll jump around, you'll say hit somebody or something, you know, make a circle pit. <laughs> but other than that, what what else is different? Yep. I I really do appreciate that and you're on a great tour for that cuz obviously everyone you know, for the fallen dreams, monuments, like everyone can sing. They've been doing this for a long time. They know what they're doing live. And that's something I appreciate. That was one of the best groups of bands together I've seen all year for sure. It was, it was cool. Cause like when, when we got on the tour, um, I, no, I didn't know the guys in monuments. I knew the dudes in for the fallen dreams already. Yeah. We got on the tour and, you know, I met the dudes in monuments aside from Andy. I've known Andy for a while. And, uh, they they were already you know they were into the band which is why they chose you know to do the tour mm-hmm. and like two days into the tour like i was talking to brown the guitarist and we were talking about like his live show and i'm like dude like your guitar playing is like fucking incredible like I, you know i was i just straight up told him it's like i've been a fan of your band forever nice and the fact that you guys you know have a more raw approach is literally like you know it's it's fucking crazy and the very first thing he told me, he was like, honestly, he's like, same. He was like, when we listened to you, we liked you on record. But I was curious to how you would do that live because most fans are too afraid to like actually sing or yes. do things live. And he was like, you know, it's cool that a band like you guys doesn't try to do what every other band does right now and just heavily rely on everything in the back. That's awesome. But I think, you know, I I think I think it's because of the time period, you know, that we grew up in, because even with them. Um, I grew up listening to like a lot of like Norma Jean and things oh, like yeah. that. And that time, dude, the music was, it was just raw shit. Yes, exactly. There was nothing in the back. It was just, you get, you listen to a CD and that's what you get on a CD. But when you come to a show, this is what you get at the show. And it's completely different. Yep. 
And like, I, I loved, I always loved that. So like with the guys, you know, with the guys now, I'm like, Hey, we'll have some tracks in it. Like, you know, all the violins and all the cool shit. But yeah, I think live, you know, we should try to have fun and just really make this something uh, cool for fans. Absolutely. Well, look, we've talked about this before on the show, but, and I know a lot of people actually know this, but your first show was from first to last. Do you think from first to last <laughs> ever played with a backing track? Do you think they ever Dude. gave a fuck? what anyone thought about them when they were on stage just screaming their fucking heads off like they did not care dude i don't think from for i don't think sunny gave a shit about anything ever period no. No. um <laughs> <laughs> but they're like again they're like they're one of those bands that like when i saw them live and at the time i didn't know nothing about like backing tracks and things like that but i saw them live multiple times after that yeah and I was like, yo, this band is just, it's raw, man. Like, they're just playing these crazy songs. And then this dude is on stage swinging his hair around and oh yeah, hitting all these ridiculous notes. And that was, that was like a big thing. The same thing with Rice. Like, I'm a ginormous oh, Rice fan. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I watched Rice and I'm like, bro, this is an experience. Like, Rice is out here actually playing their stuff, actually doing their stuff. And I, I think, I think that's important. I think it's kind of like a lost art now. Like, yes. That's and it's not to like. I don't want to shit on bands because I, I do know how like important tracks are. There, there's a lot of studio magic sometimes that goes into records because sure. bands want to sound perfect because they're either on a label or whatever, and they they need to get things perfected. But they do things that they can't pull off live. Yes, and I think that's like, I, I like I I know sometimes I'm like, oh, that sounds great on the record, but if if I ever do something on a record that I can't do live, I immediately take it off. I'm like, yo, I'm oh, that, take good. that off. Yeah. I like the way you're looking at things. Yeah, man. Look, I get it. I've had these, I've had the conversations with people that get mad at me when I talk about auto tune and stuff like that. I understand that when you're in a studio and every take is money, every minute you're in there, every hour you're in there, time is money. So I get yeah. it. You want to make sure that you're not doing 10 or 20 takes on something. So a lot of times auto tune will just be there to kind of smooth the yeah. edges of stuff, mm -hmm. right? But Yep. That doesn't mean that you can't do that live. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you can't hit those notes. But if you're doing something where your entire identity is is focused on auto-tune or correct or whatever processing that you have to do to sound a certain yeah. way, you're not going to be able to do that live. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So why are you doing it? If you're going to play live shows, if you're never going to play live shows, have at it. But if yeah. you're gonna play live. I, I, I agree entirely. I'm like, dude, if you're not gonna play live, like, don't worry about it. None, none of it matters. Do whatever you need to do. But you know, when when you're when you're playing in a live setting, it's a little different because now you're like, yo, you can't lean on as many things as you can in the studio, especially in like in a live setting. It's very different. Yes, absolutely. So let me let me pivot. I want to kind of combine what we were just talking about with something that you and I had talked about. Uh, off air a little while back when you had sent me the album the first time. When I listened through everything, one of the things that I noticed is, like I said, I, I love the album. I've listened to it many times now. I'm going to continue to listen to it. I'm going to promote it, obviously. Big fan. But I'm always straight up with you, right? So one of, the things, one of the things we talked about was, I think you have a great voice. I hear it live. I know what you can do because of Welcome Home and every EP before that. I know what you're capable of. In this album, though, a lot of your vocal sound, to me anyways, and maybe I'm just off, but it sounds over-processed in certain areas until your voice comes in really strong. And I don't know, yeah, so, was that a stylistic choice? 
It was different with this record. Um, I think we did it that way, kind of a little bit like on purpose. Okay. There was a lot of stuff on this record where I feel like live, live were a different band anyway. Like the way I sing live is nothing the way I sing on record. But sure. with this record, we're like I think because of the way I wrote the songs and everything else, I was like, hey, let's just go with kind of like this approach on my vocals for like most of the songs, and then we'll like switch out like certain things. Like, um, so like Glad You Came, for example. Mm -hmm. Um Glad You Came is one of my favorite songs on the record. Same. That song is like heavily like tuned, which is crazy because like I, I can sing all of that stuff and I did sing it, but I was going for like kind of a rap feel. Yeah. Um, sure. And so when we when we laid down the vocals, um, when I got them back, I was like, yo, you should like make this sound like robotically tuned in certain parts yes and right. you know my producer was like wait why the hell would you want to do that and i'm like <laughs> i kind of want to sound like a, like what little how little wayne would sing like i'm that's the sound i was going gotcha. for yeah, yeah. we just process these a little more so i did it i i definitely did that um on purpose more with like a lot of these songs okay and that that makes sense to me because I went back i did a little comparison right i listened to yeah. a little bit of levitate i go and i listen to welcome home and that was one of the significant differences is your choices yeah. of where you wanted to do that. So I kind of yeah. figured it was a choice thing. I know you can sing. So I didn't yeah. think it was like, oh, no, all of a sudden Joey lost it. And now they're just <laughs> trying to cover everything up. But I was just wondering the stylistic choice or the producing choice to do something like that because of how different it is. Yeah. And then what you're going to have to do is you know, when you go out on tour next and once everyone's had a time to really, you know, digest the album, I'm sure you'll be adding more songs to your live set list. You'll have to do yeah. them differently, I would assume. Yeah, I, it's crazy because like I've, I've actually already thought about that. When, okay. when we play like, these songs live, they're going to sound different on stage because I will not be singing it the way it is on the record. Because for the record, I, I chose to do something a little more polished mm -hmm. where live, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. Right, right. No, that that absolutely makes sense. Well, look, Let's talk a little bit about these tours because they yeah. have been sapping your energy. <laughs> what is <laughs> what is left of your energy? Obviously, you got sick. I know Andy got sick. I'm assuming did did that kind of spread throughout the whole, you know, uh, the entire do the entire package got sick. Like all three Oof. bands, and we were, at one point we were just like, well, we're all dying now, so that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been happening a lot. It happened with a few other. Uh, tour things because obviously you know I've been doing this for a very long time so anytime bands come in that I know I go see their shows and we talk and stuff there's been times where people can't do anything because they're literally just there to go on stage they have to cancel their meet and greets they they can't go out and meet people they're just there to do the show because they're yeah. so incredibly sick yeah so it, the same thing like um we we pulled up when we when I first got sick like we pulled up at the venue and I told the guys you know, I told dudes monuments too, and they're like, "Oh, what are you gonna do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna perform." Yeah. <laughs> and they laughed. They were like, "Dude, they're like, Andy said the same thing because he's sick, and he's like, I don't care. I'm, like, I'm getting on stage. I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just stay away for like a little bit from all the fans or everything else, and I'll just come in and get on stage, perform, and leave. And if anyone asks me, if like fans ask, like Joey's sick, he doesn't want to be around people, but yeah. you know, right. he still, he still wanted to perform. I feel like, I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm an idiot. I, I probably <laughs> am, but I feel like if you paid to see me. I should still do something <laughs> for you. Um, I know that's the wrong approach because it's in the long run probably gonna hurt me more, but I just I, I just be feeling bad, man. Yeah, no, I, I think if you can pull it off, I think that's that's great. 
I've known some people that have really hurt that have hurt themselves from doing it for sure. But I think a lot of times, especially yourself with for doing this for so long, you know your body enough and your your yeah. vocals to know what you can handle and what you can't. What you definitely can't be afraid of is canceling if you have to. I know Andy's had to do that in the right. past too. If you're that sick that you can damage something in your vocals, that's what you got to be careful of. Yeah, it's luckily it hasn't gotten there yet. I know one day it will, and I'm gonna have to be like, okay, I need to cancel the show. Luckily, it hasn't yet, so I've just been, you know, I've just been muscling through it. Yeah, well, dude, you've been muscling through it this whole time. Like, like I said, over yeah. over half of a year of, of yeah. touring. Now, would you say that this is the most touring you've ever done, or did I miss another year where you were just like flat uh, out? No. This was the most touring we did consecutively. Okay. So, um, a weird way when we started off the year. We had no tours lined up. Um, right, right. We had nothing, and I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess it's gonna be a slow year for us. And then, and then everything just kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I just started saying yes to everything. Um, <laughs> we just, dude, we just kept going. We're like, you know, whatever. We're just gonna keep going and keep riding this out. And then, originally, this monument tour was our last tour of the year. Right. We were just gonna do music videos and just kind of like. Uh, maybe some acoustics and stuff and just like bring out the rest of the year doing something, you know, like on, on the back end and like more like online stuff. And, and then two days before the, the non-point tour, actually, <laughs> this is funny. We found out we were doing the non-point tour two days before it was announced. Oh, wow. <laughs> we weren't, yeah, we originally weren't on the tour. Um, my manager literally called me and was like, yo, you're doing this tour. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing this tour. And I'm like, um, okay. And so I was like, when do we announce it? And he's like, two days. So damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we didn't, dude, we didn't even know we were on this tour. We're just like, okay, we're <laughs> we got the call and they they had decided for us already. So yeah. But I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it's huge though. I mean, if you think about it with non-point head P, you've got that resurgence of new metal, even though it never really went away. Like it, it really didn't. I mean New metal bands sell out huge arenas sometimes. They're yeah. always constantly going. Yeah. So to have Nonpoint and Head P want you to come out with them, it's almost like you're going to get not a whole new audience because there is that Venn diagram that definitely intersects in the middle. But mm -hmm. I think you're going to get a lot of new people that are going to be interested in Varsity that maybe oh, didn't yeah. have a chance to hear it before. Yeah, 100%. Dude, uh, the fact that we're even on this tour is ridiculous. Like, a good handful of the shows already sold out. Yeah. And there's still a month left. And uh, I just found out on Friday that, like, a, a majority of the other shows, they're like, oh, these shows only have, like, X amount of tickets left. And I'm like, nice. what the hell is happening? Yeah, man. But it's kind of cool because now we're just like, all right, we get to end the year with, like, a really sick tour with some sick bands, a bunch of sold out shows. Um, and it'll be a, you know, a good way to, you know, kind of be like, all right, let's put this year to rest yeah and get ready for, you know, for next year, you know, next year's touring. And really it's, it's perfect timing with Levitate too, to have Levitate oh, yeah. out and give people that time. Once again, you know, I used the word before, but to digest, you know, the whole, get their favorite songs, really understand varsity and then get to go see you live. I mean, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, no, dude, we didn't get to do that Welcome Home either, which right. is crazy. Welcome Home, we kind of just put it out, and then I think we may have done like one or two tours. Um, I know you didn't they come were, here. They maybe. were spread out. Yeah, no, they were they were spread out, and so I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this should work out well. 
Do you have any relationship with either of the bands? Do you know any of them at all? Um, um, the Nonpoint and them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we toured once with Nonpoint. Uh, when was that? That was maybe a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. All right. I want to say this. Uh, we toured with them um, for a month. Oh, okay. All right. Um, that was, honestly, that was one of the best tours I've ever been on. Nice. Uh, I learned so much from them because obviously these dudes are like, they've been doing it for a while yes. and they're just, so, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like being a rookie in the NBA and Michael Jordan just be like, yo, <laughs> let me just teach you all this. That's what it felt like yeah. to me being on tour with them. And then, you know, I kind of took that and ran with it. And now, now we're back on tour with them, which is crazy. Cause I'm like, oh, we, we're doing this again with them. Like they, they like us that much. Like, <laughs> you know, you never know who, who likes you and who doesn't. Um, and the fact that they like specifically asked for us was like kind of crazy. Um, the dudes in head PE, I listen to them, but I don't know anyone in that band. Okay. Um, but I am stoked to meet all of them. Yeah, man. No, I, I think it's going to be a really, a really fun tour. I wish you were coming to Austin. <laughs> it's not happening yeah. this time, <laughs> but I, uh, I grew up listening to nonpoint. Like I remember going to their shows when I was a little kid, I have pictures with them yeah. of when I was just a small kid. <laughs> And well, I was always, <laughs> I was always tall, as you know, but I was very, very young. And it's funny just to see, I'm so glad that they're still around doing things and then mixing with bands that I like and genres that I like and changing things up. Like they were always one of those pioneers in the scene because yeah. they weren't all new metal. You know what I mean? I mean, they were adding, I mean, I think they might've been one of the first bands in the scene that I heard like Latin music put into yeah. new metal rock and all that kind of stuff and it just it worked so well yeah dude that the, the band is like not afraid to try anything no which is crazy dude. and they for a band that's been doing it for as long as they have they're always on top of everything like these guys you know how like most bands like or like older bands would be like oh well back you know back in the day we didn't need to do social media or we didn't need to do this or right. we, you know things are different like Nonpoint is not like that. No. They're like, oh, is this what we're doing now? Sick, we're doing it. And then they just kill it. And no. I'm like, what hell? Like this band literally was just they're just always on top of it, man. Like I don't I don't think I've ever and I've told us a lot of bands, I don't think I've ever seen a band be more on top of like what's current and what's mm -hmm. like popping and then all also just be as good with incorporating their band into that as them. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're very adaptable. Absolutely adaptable. You know what I would love? I know it wouldn't happen because I don't think they play this song ever. I mean, I've seen them a million times. I don't think I've ever seen them play it. But I would love for them to bring you out to do tribute. And I don't think they ever do it, but I think that would be amazing. You know that song, right? From their first yeah, album? Uh, yeah. It's, I think on the first tour we did with them, they asked me that. Did they really? Uh, that would be... The amazing. first tour, the first tour we did with them, they asked me if I knew a couple of songs. And tribute was one of them. And I think they, I think they, they were gonna play for like an encore or something for like yeah. a couple of the nights. That would make um, sense. Yeah. And I knew the song, but they were playing. Um, they were also playing that day, um, and that's one of my favorite non ah, songs. Ever. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so sense. I was like, actually, if I can, <laughs> <laughs> can I please sing that one? Um, and so I did. Oh, that's cool. That's that's a lot of fun. Then okay, that's good. Well, tell me. You know, you've got the Nonpoint tour coming up. I'll have links in the description of the episode so people can get tickets for that for sure. Now, when you talk about Dropout Kings and you talk about monuments from those two tours, was there anything yeah. that you got to take away 
you know, from each of those tours that you're going to learn from? Anything like that? Um, okay, so Dropout Kings is one of those bands where they're just like, they're so good that they're like, yo, we're just going to go out there and just have fun. Like, they, oh, okay, sure. Dude, they don't overthink anything. Like, this band literally does not overthink a thing. They're just like, all right, we're just going to go out there and, and do the thing. But they're all so good that it just, it's like effortless to them. Like, they just go out there and, you know, do the damn thing. Right. Um, I know one of the things I took away from them is uh, with their one of their vocalists, uh, Bill. Uh, he, I was always like working with like, you know, working on lyrics and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, like I need to be like more metaphorical and stuff like that. And one of the things I actually I got from Bill was that he was like, don't do that. He was like, you you could you could essentially be the most poetic, the most metaphorical person in the world. Um, you know, because he he uses like a lot of a lot of like wordplay stuff in the songs because you know yes. he does rap. But he's like a lot of it gets lost because fans sometimes, you know, when when they have to decipher something too much, it kind of just it, it gets it gets weird to them. They're just like, oh, like, I, why do I have to figure this out? Like, yeah, why can't you over just their head. The right. thing? Yeah. 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 Um, and so that was one of the things like I learned from him. Like, you know, he told me straight up. He was like, your lyrics are fine the way it is because it hits the point. Like it, it, it tells you exactly what it is, what you feel. And it, it hits the point so hard that anyone could just jump into your band and just like kind of you know yeah like they're like oh my god get this um and then with monuments uh literally almost the same thing but they told me not to overthink things so okay i always overthinking how much i can do vocally um and then being on tour with monuments was crazy because now i'm like i'm literally next to andy and um i i can scream and i can do other things that i don't do on stage right and then, you know, I, you know, I told Andy, I was like, oh, I, I do all these things. Like, maybe I should incorporate all of these other things. And, you know, one of the things they told me was like, dude, don't overthink it. Whatever you're doing right now works for your band. If you start doing too much, it, you're just going to drown everything else out. And then oh. sometimes like, you know, sometimes you put too much in or you, or you do certain things trying to like impress someone. It's like, right. oh, I can do this crazy low scream. But did the song need that? Probably right. not. Um, and that was like one of the best things I learned from them, like just not to overthink things. And um, from Brown, always have a backup plan. Um, so their guitarist ah, okay. has okay. backup plans for their entire set, dude. Like if one thing fails, they have so many backups. Ah, okay. And we have like one. We have like one. <laughs> <laughs> we have like one backup. When I told him that, he was like, dude, you are absolutely insane. Like what if this thing messes up and then your backup doesn't work? And I'm like, uh... I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and so, yeah, he pretty much told me straight up. He's like, yeah, don't ever go back on tour without a couple of backups. I got you. Yeah, your backup plan was if I get sick, I'm still going to sing. That was yeah, if I get sick, I'll just go out there and just kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that's that's great. I think that's one of, obviously, the best parts of touring is when you you know you get to learn something as you're going. Now, obviously... Another part of touring is fun and, you know, you're going to have fun with Nonpoint, but you just went on those two tours. Can you think of like one of the best days or best activities or something that you guys did as a band that you would consider super fun that you did on either of those, um, you know, past tours? Yeah. So the Dropout King tour was a little different because we didn't really have days off. So um, we share the same manager ah, and okay. he works us to death. So, <laughs> we would, dude, we would play 
both tours were pretty similar in the sense where it was like a bunch of shows and then like one day off. Okay. So we didn't we didn't have time to like do anything fun. We would just hang out with each other at the shows and stuff. Um on the uh on the the monuments tour though, we did have one extra day off towards the end. Okay. Where like all the bands, we just went to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and dude, we were in, like, I think I saw that picture actually. So yeah, dude, we just all sat down and just rang up the craziest bill. Like everyone is just, we were just like drinking and eating and just ordering all types of different cheesecakes yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> and that was fun because I'm like, aside from, you know, the shows, like we, we all enjoy each other's music. Yeah. But it's cool to like sit down with your peers and actually learn about what makes them how they even are you know like or who they are right Um, and that was that was like a lot of fun yeah no man and that's i mean that's really one of the reasons why i do the show is to be able to put someone's personality with the music they make and that's why i always enjoy talking to you talking to andy talking to chad like it's been always interesting to see what you guys think about and how you apply that to your music so uh, but before we go on i gotta ask you with the cheesecake factory thing obviously you are a new yorker yeah is there something in your brain that goes well i've got the best fucking cheesecake in the world in my city (laughs) and i'm eating at this fucking chain restaurant okay so you're gonna you're gonna you're probably gonna hate this oh Um, no (laughs) dude i don't like cheesecake Um, oh okay i got you no that that's okay i i totally i i can't stand cheesecake so like even when we went to the Cheesecake Factory, none of us wanted to go except for the dudes of Monuments. But <laughs> well, that's because they're from the UK, people. right? Yeah, there yeah. are no Cheesecake Factories. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, so we went. Um, obviously, we're like, "Hey, fuck it! If, if there's no Cheesecake Factories over there, then you should you should get what you want." And right. we're all okay with it. Um, food was great. Uh, I just order like a lot of like chocolate cake and stuff okay. like that. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I also didn't realize. Um, I don't go to Cheesecake Factory often. No, no. I didn't realize that when you order like a cake, you have to order it like by the slice. Ah, um, okay. Gotcha. Dude, I ordered like I ordered it, and they gave me like five slices, and I'm like, "What the hell is what this?" Like, I didn't fuck? order this. I didn't order this. It's like, yeah, dude, you have to order by the slice. I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I have cake for the rest of the week now because I'm wow. not gonna eat all this. Yeah, man. Cheesecake Factory has a ton of fucking food. They have a huge menu. I can't even tell you the last time I was back there. But they have Dude, a, I, you guys must have eaten for a whole two weeks just from the shit that you took yeah. away from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we did on purpose was everyone ordered more than one meal. We're like, oh, whatever. Let's just just get whatever you want. Right. right. <laughs> but everyone ordered like everyone literally ordered like two appetizers and like an entree and all this other stuff. Like none of the food fit on the table. We had <laughs> to put some food on the seats and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the waitress is looking at us like, what the hell is going on here? I'm like, I. I don't know. <laughs> We're just look. I'm sure. I'm sure they're used to uh, sports teams and bands doing exactly yeah. that. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure that's part of their whole training session. Is this <laughs> is what happens when a band comes in? Yeah, dude, it was it was a good time though. It was it was a lot of fun. Oh no, that's that's very good to hear, man. We talked about the tours. We know the upcoming tour. We obviously know Levitate. You know, like I said, by the time this has been out, Levitate has also been out. So for you. When you've got a new album that's coming out like Levitate, what are you looking forward to? Like, obviously, I'm sure you want, you know, you want people to be like, oh, man, this is a great album, this kind of thing. But what really hits you hard 
when someone tells you something they like about the album or they tell you something specific? Like, what do you like to hear once you put all this work into it and that new album comes out? You know, that is a really good question. I have no idea. Um, okay. right. <laughs> I I am so used to just like, not even used to it, but like I get like a barrage of like messages like daily. Right. Um, And I think I'm so used to hearing like so many different things that like now I'm just like, I don't know what I like the most hearing. Oh, um, okay. I just want to know that people are enjoying the music Um, because I, once the record is out, like once Friday hits, I can guarantee you I'll never listen to that record right. again. That's what I was so, about to say. You're never going to listen <laughs> yeah. to it again. So I've never listened to it again until it's time to play it live. So right. it's kind of just like, all right, it's out of my hands. I hope everyone else enjoys it. But I don't know if there's like a specific thing I like hearing. Um, well, is there, <sighs> is there anything that you did on this album specifically that you want people to hear? You want people to notice it? Not necessarily that they have to tell you personally, but something that you put into the album that you're like, wow, I hope someone hears that I did that. I, f I do feel like this record is more fun. Um, oh, sure. And I'm just, yeah. I, hope, I hope people have more fun with it. Because some of the like the lyrical topics, like something like Kill the Rich, yeah. I would not have written for Welcome Home. Like I was no. so scared. <laughs> I was so scared to just speak and say things and everything else. Like, I, I, like that specific song was like uh, kind of like an issue, at least at first, um, simply because of the title. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> Right. Even just the title of the song, like, you know, my team was like, yo, are you sure? Like, that's the title. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, are you sure that's the title? <laughs> and so, like, I hope I one of the things I do want, I, I do hope people like listen to this record and they 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 kind of sense it's like, oh, this is more fun and it feels more real than Welcome Home. Like, it's not just like a bunch of sad songs because Welcome Home was like very depressing. There were a lot of sad yeah, songs. Welcome Home was more depressing than this record. This record is like kind of fun, but also kind of just like, yo, it's it's a little more like fun. It's a little more like toxic. It's a little more like all the things that, you know, you actually are in life that like sometimes you may not speak about. Like most people don't like speaking about being the bad guy, but like I have right. songs on there, like even like Kill the Rich, where I'm just like, I'm kind of the bad guy in this situation. I'm literally just saying kill rich people. I don't think we should kill rich people, but it's right, right. it's kind of like I feel ugly, so someone's making me feel this. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's more fun, but it's definitely more like it's more real. And I hope people realize that. Well it's so it's so real, I think too, because and we talked a bit about this as well, the structure uh or the flow of the album mm -hmm. itself, when you talk about kill the rich and dangerous those are songs, and Powerless, let's say, as well. Like, yeah. those are songs that I wouldn't necessarily expect to be on this album. Mm -hmm. And it brings something extra to it as well. Like, yeah. we talked about it right away. As soon as I heard Dangerous, yeah. I was like, this is an Ice Nine Kill song. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Ice Nine Kill song with varsity. Yeah. But to me, it was, a, it was a huge surprise, and I enjoy listening to it. I enjoy, like, you know, it goes from here to there. It's, it's so different than so many other things on the album. Yeah. But it has that realness to it of I know the way that you write and the way that you put things together. It is nice and fun. Yeah, It's not a huge concept album. And look, I think we've talked about this before. I, I love concept albums. So I'm, yeah. you could do that. Okay. The next one. Yeah. I'll, I'll love it. Dude, but, I, I would love to, I'm just, I don't feel like I'm at that point in my writing yet. I, I don't think I could pull it off, but I really want to make it like a concept album. Well, dude, if you had taken, to be quite honest, if you had taken Dangerous and you had taken Kill the Rich and you had made a Purge type scenario and just wrote yeah. songs like that, <laughs> you've got it. 
Like that's exactly what It's funny because like I I have an idea for something in the future that I want to do. And I brought it up to JD and I was like, dude, it'd be sick if we just wrote one long song and then cut the song into like five different songs. Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he was like, dude, that's sick. He's like, how would we pull that off? I'm like, I have no clue, but I think it would be sick to do that. Like, it's just like one long story and everything kind of flows, but. I got I to gotta get my chops up there. Oh, first. no. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Well, one of the things, I mean, we, we mentioned it. We Well, we didn't really mention it, but we talked about Andy. Obviously, he is featuring on mm-hmm. Kill the Rich. And that was a very cool, you know, cameo feature to, to hear him on that because that's a great dichotomy between the two of you for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say one of the things that I also loved, and we've talked about this before, but uh, Powerless, having a female vocalist. Uh, to compliment you as well yeah. is her name is it lexi l-e-x-x-e lex. yeah it's just lex oh just lex okay so yeah. are you guys friends like how did you yeah. meet that you knew she was the right one for this uh for that track okay so i've known lex for a couple of years now like she's she's a writer she writes oh. for like a bunch of artists and stuff like that um we were doing uh she asked me to do a cover with her and i was doing a cover and I, I think it was for the lips of an angel. I think it is. I, I don't. I don't remember what cover it was. Okay. Um, and we were just like kind of going through it. I'm a. I'm like a huge fan of like her work. Like, and not just. And by work, I don't just mean her music. Like everything that she does. Like, if you, if anyone gets a chance to look her up, they're gonna fall in love with this girl. Like, I her heard music she's like a ballerina or something. Dude, she she does ballet. She works for like a company that does like all types of crazy like big event dance things and everything else like she's just she's really talented um and all of her music videos all of her songs it's all put together with ideas in mind to like kind of embody what the song is and i i love it so we're working on uh you know we were working on a cover and i showed her i showed her some of the record and i was like actually i have this song powerless that i'm like struggling with um i don't have you know i don't have like a, a verse or something else like that and she was like hey let's take a break and let's go through it and we sat here and she started singing things and we like kind of like started putting together lyrics and putting everything else. And she sang the whole thing. Oh, wow. And I turned it into my label and they were like, yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously the label being the label, they was like, so uh, what feature do you want to get to like kind of sing what she sang? Like we can just go after like a bigger feature. And I straight up was like, none. I, I want to keep her voice on it. Nice. I don't think anyone is going to sing it the way she did. Um, and I think it's because of the way she thinks. I'm like the way she was putting together like the melodies while I was recording with her. I was like, holy shit! Like I've never put together melodies like that because again, I'm just, you know, I'm like a freestyle singer. And she sure. yeah, yeah. just sat in front of me. She was like, oh yeah, I could freestyle with you, and just started putting things together. And I'm like, holy crap! That's awesome. Um, and then I just kept that. I was like, dude, this this has to this has to be like a song. Yeah. No, and actually. I, I've been thinking about it, you know. I like I said, I've replayed it multiple times. It might be my favorite track on the album. Like I, I, said, I think it's mine. Yeah, man. Every all the dynamics, the melodies, everything. Just like I said, you guys complement each other very well on that track, and that's something I think we've talked about before as well. If you can get a feature at some point with like, and I know it's it's big time now because of how popular she is, but if you had like Courtney Laplante. Oh yeah. On a feature. If you even had if you had Lindsay from the anchor, yeah. I think you guys complement each other well 
And this wasn't even, you know, a woman who's screaming or anything. This was, you know, straight up melody. Yeah. But it works really well. You guys just, like I said, complement each other so well. Yeah, it, it was cool because like when, when we put it, the song together, um, I think a lot of the reason why it, it works so well is because I, I gave her the story of what I wanted. And she was like, oh, we should we should put the song together in this way where it's like, hey, you're telling your half of the story and I'm telling my half of the yes. story. Yeah. And then it combines and then this, this and that. And I'm like, good Lord. Like I, I never thought, I don't think of songs in that way huh. because because of the way I write them. Um, right. And it was just like, it was such a different approach, man. And it's, it's also, I've told people before, I'm like, I think that song may be the closest to what people expected us to go for on this record. Oh, interesting. I think when people hear Levitate, they're going to hear Powerless and they're going to be like, oh, that's what I thought Varsity was going to do originally. Because I, I feel like that's the most like pop or R&B song on the record. Oh, for sure. Um, Which is weird for everything me. Else. Yeah, it's weird for me to like that the most. <laughs> yeah, it's dude, I, I think that's where people are going to be like, oh, I thought that's where you would go. And then they're going to hear all the rest of the songs like Doomed or something like that and be like, I don't expect you guys to do anything like that or even Dangerous. Like, Right, right. I don't think I don't think people are going to see dangers coming. No, I and that's why it'll it's funny like I probably wouldn't have even brought up some of the intricacies of Dangerous had people yeah. not heard the album before they listened to this yeah. because it was such a surprise. Like when I'm going through it I'm like what the fuck? Where did that come yeah, from? Yeah. That song was like super interesting cuz like so that was that was the first song the second song written for this record. Powerless was the okay. first one but because I didn't think I was going to use it and I didn't have Lex on it at the time. I was like, all right, I'll just put it in the back burner. Ah, so okay. technically Dangerous was the second song, but it was like the first full song that was written for the gotcha. record. Gotcha. Um, and I didn't write it, um, which was something that I've, you know, I've never tried before. Yeah, you don't do um, that. When right. I, yeah, I never normally do that. But when I got, when I got together with GD, I was like, hey, yeah, I want to do, I want to do like a Thriller-esque song. Like, that's what I told him. I was like, huh. hey, I, I'm a huge fan of JD's work. And I'm like, I want to write. Marcy's version of like thriller. Okay. Um, and so he was like, hey, what ideas do you have? And I'm like, I have none. I want you to write the song. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I want you to write whatever you feel is good. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit there with you and we'll put things together as we go. And so I just gave JD full reign to like write the entire song. Um, and he started writing things. And as he was writing things, I was just singing them while he was writing them. And he ah, was like, okay. He's like, oh, I see where this is going. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're just having fun with the song. This is just us having fun and trying to get used to how, you know, we work together. Yeah. And at the time, JD wasn't the producer for the song. Oh, okay. he was only meant he was only meant to do that one song. Um, I had a list of other people that I was that I wanted to produce the record with. Yep. And so I was like, all right, I'll test a bunch of them out with just like one song. And I wrote that one song, with JD. And it was literally so much fun that I was like, I didn't even test out anyone else. I went back ah. to late when I'm yeah, okay. I think JD should produce this record. Oh, and they were like, dude, okay. you did. It was like you did one song, and I'm like, but he he understands what I want, and I think he's gonna take the rest of these songs and like he'll, you know, I think he'll kill him. Nice. And he did. Like he he dude. Uh, the second song we wrote was the plug. Oh, okay. And I wrote that, and when I gave it to him, I was like, all right, let's turn this into something. Like the end result was like that's exactly what that song should have been. Yeah, and when I turned it into my label, they were like, "Oh," and I was like, "I was right. I told you <laughs> this guy. This guy gets it, dude. He gets it so much. Like, dangerous. Obviously, was very different. It was just us, like, kind of just having fun and throwing things at the wall. And obviously, I did want to write something like more darker and like more, 
thriller-esque, like more ice than kills-ish kind yeah. of thing for that. I'm like, I want it to be like a creepy song. Like it'll be like the one majorly fun song on the record. Sure. But everything else just kind of like I was like, hey, here's my idea and this is what I want. And he's like, cool, let's start rewriting it. And we just went through it and loved every second of working with him. Nice. No, that's always good to hear. And I think, I mean, in general, you've had so many, you know, great producers help with great albums that you made. So that that's a good streak to have. Might I suggest, yeah. I know I've said we've talked, we've talked a lot. So that's why I don't <laughs> want people to think like I'm just regurgitating things. But have we ever talked about you possibly going to work with Matt Good? We did. Um, okay. Matt Good is like at the top of my list okay. of people. Yeah. Work with. Um, yeah. So I wanted to work with him on this record, but it, the timing wasn't right. Right. You know, he was busy doing things and I was like, well, that's not going to work. And I'm, I'm very kind of like uh, stubborn when it comes to like the music. Um, I started writing it and then, you know, my, obviously my team was like, oh, we can just wait and, you know, you can do the song with him. But once I'm in writing mode, I'm like, no, I can't stop. Right. Um, and I need to do this now. And it, it's kind of like a, a bad trade because I, <laughs> I, I could stop and I could just wait, but I, I, my brain just won't let me. I'm like, no, no, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. So gotcha. Matt Good is at the top of my list. He's okay. literally like like number one that I yeah. want to work with. Because I can't think of I'm a better, besides obviously your connection with From First to Last, my connection with From First to Last, like knowing how well Matt Good produces where he makes yeah. the biggest pop rock, whatever, like he can produce any type of band, but yeah. you see what he's done with Asking Alexandria. You see what he's done with Hollywood and Dead. You see what he's mm -hmm. done with everybody from his own work to every popular band that's out there yeah being able to take out your pop sensibilities and you know for lack of a better term make them pop and yeah. still hit the metal and the rock that makes you guys you yeah i i just i don't know if i could think of any better producer right now than him yeah no i i completely agree i think i think matt good is like he would be i think he would be perfect for like what I want to eventually, you know, the 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 way I eventually want to take varsity. Um, yeah. I do know I, in a weird way, I'm like building a collection of producers because I, yeah. I already <laughs> had this conversation. I already had this conversation with my label, um, and they were like, "Yeah, it's cool." So, um, you know, the record will be out soon. You can start writing more music because you know, obviously, we'll do something after this. And I like JD so much that I already told JD. Me and JD actually wrote two other songs. We've written two brand new songs oh, okay. that are not on the record recently. And he's like, dude, what do you want to do with these? I'm like, I I I think I'm gonna take next time I'm probably gonna just take JD with me. He's like, hey JD, we're just gonna go write this record with like Matt Good, or I'm just I'm just gonna yeah. put like a soup group of people <laughs> in a room and like we're just gonna write one That's of the awesome. coolest things ever. That would be that would be amazing. Yes, I, I am way too excited for that. That'd be too much. That I do want to work. <laughs> I you know what's funny about it? I also in a very weird way, um, I never got to work with Eric Ron. Oh, okay. um, and I know he does. He does a lot of great work for like bands that are doing like pop on Octane and things like that. Yeah, and I always yeah, yeah. Wonder, I was like, I wonder what it would be like if I at least did one song yeah. with him. Um, and same thing with um with Tyler Smith. Oh, sure, yeah. No, that that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's look. Let's be quite honest. Octane is only pop. There, there is yeah, no. At this point, at this point, it really is. It yeah. really, it truly is. It but, used to not. Be. Oh, yeah. No, that's why I always thought it was very funny when people who are metal bands, metal core bands, post hardcore bands are trying to get on Octane. But what they try, what they do now is they completely change their sound. 
and they make it like really, really pop electronica, and then you get on Octane. But it seems so strange. I, I don't know. That's a whole that's a whole separate conversation about radio and stuff that just Dude, blows my mind sometimes. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Um, because when we when we got put on Octane, uh, it was uh, I think it was Massive. Massive was the first. Oh, song okay, that would make sense. Okay, on there. Um, and so I was like, cool, that, you know, that makes sense. And then they played Shameless on it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, dude, Shameless is such a, I, I, that was the song that I'm like, I did not expect Shameless to be on it. And like, just right now, uh, they recently played, I think a day or two ago, they played Glad You Came on it. And I'm like, did they really? What? Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what? I'm like, the song that I thought they would play, they didn't. Cause I thought for sure they'd play like, maybe like the way it is or something like that. Yeah, um, sure. And they went with Glad You Came. And I'm like, that is an odd choice. But you know what? Respect to you guys. Because I have no idea if, like, people on Octane, like, you know, those older metal fans would even be receptive of a song like Glad You Came. But for Octane, it's like, yeah, we're playing anyway. It's like, it, it's kind of sick. Yeah. No, I got, and look, I like that song too. But yeah, it's, it is on that poppier side for sure. It's on that, yeah. you know, we talked about it being more rap hip hop as well. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is. Plus the very catchy chorus. The way yeah. everything is structured. Yeah, well, that, that's weird. All right. Well, hey, we've been talking for a while. I told you we were going to talk about something else as well uh, on yeah. music. So I don't want to take up all your time, but I do want to talk <laughs> about I do want to talk about this because we we really haven't had a chance to since it ended. So I know you and I are both huge Alice in Borderland fans. So yeah. it's it's not rare to find some because now I, I think I've opened up people to it. I'm sure you've opened up people to it. Uh, we just talked when we saw each other a couple weeks ago yeah. that they did greenlight a season three. Yep. I want to know what your thoughts are because I'm a okay. little worried. So I, I think, I think season two was great. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't watched it in like a while. I was actually gonna rewatch it. I, I was looking at it yesterday, and I was like, I should probably rewatch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like how it ended, mm-hmm. and I, I feel the same. I'm just like, where do you go from here? Right. Like what, what could you actually, when you think about it, what could you actually do? Well, I think, so this is what I'm thinking. So they left it open, right? They, they, yeah. first of all, I loved that whole entire season. Yeah. I thought it's one of the best seasons of TV I've seen in a very long time. And I thought the last two episodes were mind blowing. I was legitimately during that second episode where it was so brutal you know, people were dying and surviving and and doing all the crazy shit that they were doing in that episode. I was yelling at my TV. (laughs) Yeah. Legitimately upset because I was like, I can't believe you're going to kill off some of the best characters I've seen in years. And you're doing it in such a brutal, who gives a fuck way Mm -hmm. that just blew my mind. So you went from that episode to then one of the smartest uh, you know, ending finales that I've ever seen as well, where they played on everybody trying to guess what the ending would be and playing out those terrible endings. Like, oh, is this a dream? Yeah. Or, you know, all that, all that bullshit. I loved the way they did I thought, that, right? Yeah, I thought that was so sick because I did not see that coming at all. And it left me like, wait a minute, what is going on here? Right. And I didn't expect the show to even like have something like that in it. Yeah. Yeah. They really thought ahead. So that's my concern is though they left it open. You had character arcs with pretty much everybody, right? Everyone had some kind of character arc and 
they kind of had that Donnie Darko-ish type ending where people kind of remembered a little bit, but they they don't have their full memory of what actually happened. So I wonder if that's the direction that they go in of restoring people's memory or somehow Erisu has to go back to whatever dimension, whatever that is, that for some reason he has to go back. I did hear that there's some type of anime uh, or manga that I can't find anywhere, but one that says that Erisu grows up, grows older anyways, and gets a family, and then his family gets sucked in. Now, I'm not sure I like that idea that much, Mm -hmm. but I like the idea of him having to go back for some reason. So, okay, so I thought of that. Um, I That's the only logical thing I could think of. I was like, oh, Arasu will have to go back. Um, I also read that there's like a, a manga out there, but yeah. I, I'm i so invested in the show yeah. that I won't read the book. Oh, see, I um, have, I do have the mangas. Yeah, see, I don't, um, I'm too, I get too ahead of myself. Like, so like, I'm a huge like Attack on Titan fan. Oh, yeah. And I finished I'm, it, by the way. We won't talk about that. Yeah, no, I, I finished it also. Oh, did you? Okay. So I don't want to spoil that. Yeah, I don't want to spoil that. Gotcha. For, yeah, for yeah, we're not spoiling did. that. Right. But like, I mean, dude, I rushed through it because I was so hooked and I'm like, I Same. rushed through it. And now like, you know, the show is like, you know, coming up to its like last two, the two part episode now. Yep. Um, and I'm like, I know how it's going to end, but I'm still like, I'm still like, oh, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, yep. I'm just always rushing. I feel like I would do that with Alice in Borderland and like completely spoil for me, I think it'll be cool if Arasu went back for a reason. I also don't like the whole like, oh, his family got sucked into it, so he had to yeah. go back for his family. Because then I'm like, okay, well, how is he going to get everyone out? How is he going to do this? How is he going to do that? And I kind of like how they left it. Right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you now. Look, I know. I guess it's because of money, right? Wow. I guess it was the highest grossing Japanese you know show on Netflix and everything, and it's super popular overseas as well as in in the states. So. I understand them wanting to milk the money out of it. Obviously, that is not something that I normally like. If they can bring the story to something I I would like, look, I almost like the idea that Arasu and uh, you know and his his maybe girlfriend, maybe wife at, at some point, whatever. I'm so bad with the names. I know yeah. Arasu, but I'm so bad with everyone else's name. Uh, but, what's the name? Is it Osagi? Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Like Yugumi or something. Yeah, something like I think that. it is. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So if and she was awesome. Holy shit, what a great, yeah. what a great character from the beginning. I I loved how there were no you know like Mary Sue's in uh, Alice in Borderland. Everyone was badass because yeah. they're badass. And if you're a 95 pound woman, you have to you know you're not throwing massive guys against the wall and beating the crap out of them. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting beat, but they're fighting because they know how to fight. Yeah, they're smart and intelligent, so they know how to be an adversary to somebody, which is just phenomenal to see in this day and age. So I love that. Um, But if they make it so that something where, like, let's say Arasu's life starts to become stagnant and he loses his direction in life, similar to when he was, you know, first went Mm -hmm. into Alice and Borla or whatever you the dimension, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What if his life has fallen apart and he actually wants to go back similar to the way the people wanted to stay because they didn't have anything in real life or in that dimension that they wanted to go back to. They wanted to stay and play in the game. So what if Arasu gets that feeling? You know what I mean? 
you should just be a writer, bro. You should just, <laughs> that would be sick. It kind of, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, of Squid Game, though. Yes. Do you remember? Um, you remember how, like, but by back? the way, I hate that one. I, we can talk yeah, about so, that right now. So go ahead. Squid Game was kind of like, I liked it, but I'm like, I like Alice in Borderland more. Oh, just yeah. because like, the, I feel like the story in Alice in Borderland was better. And I feel like the reason for him going back in a, in Squid Game was, Kind of dumb. Yeah. It's just like, oh, right. it, it was just like, oh, money and whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, whatever. There's, none of this makes any goddamn yeah. sense. It's just, and that was... Um, <laughs> it makes more sense though, like, for him to go back because he doesn't have a life. And like if he was like, oh, I have nothing out here. I'm going to go back to stay in the game because that's all I know. Yeah. That would make way more sense. Right. And that's exactly, see, with Squid Game, to me, it was too simple. I think Squid Game caught on because of you know the pandemic and everything people were home so they were watching whatever they could and that came out at the exact right time Mm -hmm. i think the issue with squid game specifically is not only you know it's a children's game so there's no innovation so that was one of my issues that i had the other one though is at one point they give they they cancel the game yeah they give everybody what they want everyone votes well, not, it wasn't unanimous, but most people voted and said, okay, democracy rules, the game is over, you can go back to your regular lives again. So yep. anyone that then decides we want to come back for the game, what are you pissed off about? You have yeah. made the decision <laughs> to do, like, I, I understand being pissed at the beginning that no one told you you were going to die if you lost a game of red light, green light. Yeah, totally get it. Like I, I, I completely get that. Yeah. <laughs> but you made a de- you made a uh, democratic decision. These people apparently aren't animals. They weren't like, no, you have to stay. Yeah. They they allow the vote. Everyone everyone or most people said they want to go. They leave, but then they made the decision to come back. So now the lead character to me has or should have no motivation to ruin yeah. this decision for anyone else in the world yeah. why why yeah. is this a bad thing that they're doing if these people are signing up for what they know is going to happen so that is exactly why i didn't like the ending to squid game yes. so right at the end when you know he found the guy playing the game yeah <laughs> and he was like oh you can't go into this game because whatever it's kind of like bro mind your business yeah mind, you in, mind your fucking business you were in the game you got to leave you went back like you know like a fucking idiot yeah, yeah. you won so you know let it go you won by luck none by the way yeah yeah no, yeah i'm just saying i'm like none of this has anything to do with you right. why are you mad now about trying to destroy a game that you chose to go back into it like it kind of left me with like a sour taste because i'm like that didn't make any sense to me right. but but you know money money yeah, and they money. have to yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but here's the other thing too he never had a character arc think about it Oh no! He got that money to be with his daughter and to you know to give the money to uh you know his his kind of friend you know the one he always got compared to who was end up being a psychopath at the end he gave that to the mother and everything he never did any of the things that he wanted to do with that money the thing that was supposed to change his entire life he never did anything so he never yeah. I completely forgot about that up until you said yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, you know, he's mad at the old guy. But by the way, that was an easy twist to see. The one guy they never showed yeah. die. Well, of course, of course he came back. 
And I get the whole thing that it's rich people. Like, hey, you you made a song, Kill the Rich. <laughs> You're talking about the Squid Game people, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I get that these rich people are doing things for fun. Totally understand that. But then they made you one of them. You are now unbelievably rich. Like you can go your whole life and your family and multiple families could probably go their whole lives without any issues. But now you're sour about that. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I can't connect with that. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird thing. But, um, you know, at the same time, I'm just like, all right, I guess, I guess we'll see where season two goes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch it anyway. Yeah, I'll um, give it a chance. Yeah, for I'm sure. going to watch Alex in Borderlands season three yeah. also, even though. Very scared for that. I know, I know. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see a reason for a season two of Squid Game, but you know. No, same here. If look, if they had just had him get on the plane and finally go to see his family, his daughter at least, or whatever, if that had been because remember they moved to the states or something, if they had just done that, then that's your ending right there. Yep. Like he sees the guy who's playing the game and he leaves it alone and he goes to the states to be with his daughter. At least you've got an arc there you've got something yeah but now i don't i don't really care except i hope he dies in the first episode <laughs> i think that would be the big thing it, you've got this guy that everyone for some reason loves and then in the first episode you kill him on a simple thing you know what i mean that like something would be, that would be the twist yes the, I, twist. Like, the show starts bam bam <laughs> instantly it's like yo your favorite character he's gone goodbye gone get out of here i would i would love that now by the way are you gonna watch the Oh, I guess I can say "quote unquote" real Survivor Squid Game that they're doing on Netflix as well. They they recreate Squid Game for people, but you don't die if you lose the game. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch it just to see it. <laughs> I need to see that. No, I want to I want to see it, but it's just so funny. The whole point, like those are very simple games, right? They're very simple childhood yeah. games. So the only real reason why they became difficult was because you were going to die at the end. Yeah. But you know, in the show, they can't hurt anybody. So what is the point? Like, what Dude, is the point? Wouldn't it be a twist? Wouldn't it be a twist if we watched that show and then it was like, they started actually killing people? Wouldn't that be crazy? Dude, I would love that. That Now that's been done. <laughs> that's been done in some horror movies before. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> that would be crazy. Like, imagine watching Netflix and you're like, yo, did we just watch someone like actually die? Like, yes. what the <laughs> That's the next step. That it's would like, be insane. It's the running man. It's the long walk. It's all those. It's all those yeah. things. <laughs> well, that's that's where society is going soon. Anyway, soon we're just gonna start killing each other on TV for video games and shit. So I think so, man. I think so. Yeah, this is where we're at. What a what a great way to end the the episode is just that darkness right there. <laughs> but I'm I'm so glad we got to talk a little bit about that. We'll definitely once you know once Squid Game season two comes out and all that kind of stuff. We'll do a show where you and I just talk about this shit because I think that would be a lot of fun as well. Because they are, I love stuff that makes you think, but then like the acting is good. The writing is good. Just, I was so blown away by Alice in Borderland. Yeah. I, I just, I'll talk about that with anybody because I just, I love that show so much. Dude, funny, funny enough, before we end, that yeah. show was super random. Like I watched Squid Game and um, I like, I like Squid Game. And then like Netflix, like, oh, if you like Squid Game, you'll also like, like this. And I watched it and I'm like, this should be the show that people should watch yes. and they should just and then squid game. Like, oh, if you like that, I'll support that. You might like uh, squid game. It should, be, it should be the opposite. I saw it opposite. So that's why for me, squid game never hit, never hit hard because I'm like, well, I just watched Alice in Borderland and that's way better. 
Yeah, see, I watched Squid Game first, and then I watched Alice in Borderland second. And I'm like, this should be the main show right here. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think honestly, I think they realized it once they did the season three because oh, yeah. they don't, they don't have anything to work off of really. So they're trying from scratch to do it, but they know it's a money maker. Yeah. So that's at least something good. Now, by the way, I do want to make a recommendation. We've talked about this before. Give uh, Sweet Home a chance when you have, yeah. when you have the time. That's a Korean, Korean horror. Uh, drama series and it is it, it seems like it's one thing at the beginning and then it just puts you on your fucking heels like it is really really good I'm gonna watch and that, that got a that got a second season as well but it's not out yet you know it's funny i i'm probably gonna start watching that like tonight nice. after i do like <laughs> nice. yeah get those videos done and then do that that's great all right well buddy thank you so much again uh, for taking the time to do this. I always love having you on the show. You know, everyone, make sure you go out, listen to Levitate, stream it over and over again, get a merch bundle. I know, Joey, you had talked about vinyls, so hopefully those are coming soon because I'll be getting one of those as well. Uh, I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you, get merch, you know, do all of that. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you? Uh, I guess you can just like listen to us on Spotify, follow us on like Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok, you know, huh. all of those shows to kind of, <laughs> you know, keep to date where we're going to be on tour and you know what we're doing next. Cause I pretty much just post all the time yes. on those things. Sure. Um, and yeah, and then, and listen, and listen to Levitate. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you once again, man. Hey, stay on the line for just a second. We'll talk a little bit off air for sure. sure. But once again, man, I always, like I said, Always love talking to you. I am continually impressed by all the music you're able to put out and how good it is. I'm a huge fan of Levitate as well, as we as we discussed. So I hope everyone just continues to make you guys bigger and bigger. And good luck on the non-point tour. Everyone, make sure you go get tickets for that because that's going to be a lot of fucking fun as well. So once again, Joey, man, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much.